Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. He's one of the best in the business. You can find his work over at ESPN.com. You can also hear him on the Puck Soup podcast. Check him out on Twitter as well. He's at Wyshynski, W-Y-S-H-Y-N-S-K-I. And he joins us now via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Greg, we always appreciate the time, my man. How you doing today? I'm doing good, man. Lots of news flying around. Uh, also flying around last night were uh, beer cans at the <laughs> Coliseum. Which yeah. was you were <laughs> in the house for that, the right? Yeah, yeah, I was there for that at the end of the game. And and what's really fun about it is that, you know, like, okay, the not fun thing is the players are still on the ice, which is <laughs> kind of dangerous. But uh, but the fun thing is, like, I can't recall a time when the celebration was people throwing their $17 bottles of, or cans of, 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 uh, of beer on the ice. It's usually because they're pissed off about something. But last night it was just sort of a celebration. And, and it's kind of in keeping with the – the last days of Nassau Coliseum. Like, it's, you know, that, that old building has been there since the early 70s. It's decrepit. Like, you walk up the stairs uh, to the press box and you see signs for asbestos and stuff. Like, <laughs> it's, it's kind of, you know, in keeping with the aesthetic that, like, you're just going to saturate that place in beer as sort of a, a potential farewell. Because, I mean, it's the last, last game in the building if, if the Islanders lose Game 7. Do you think the Islanders got a chance, Greg? Because as much as I want to see Pat Maroon win another Stanley Cup and you got Petrangelo and Reeves with Vegas, something about Montreal versus New York kind of intrigues me in a cup final. Well, I mean, yeah, it, it, it kind of reminds me of the teams you had on Blades of Steel back in the day on uh, NES, actually. I think those yeah. are two of the options. But uh, no, no, I, I, you know, it that series would be intriguing only because it's it's – it's not a styles clash. I mean, the, the Canadians and the Islanders play the, pretty much the same kind of hockey. I mean, it's not going to be the most picturesque and uh, and kinetic form of hockey, but it's going to be an interesting grind between two teams that you don't expect to be there. And obviously the intrigue of Canada not having won a cup since Montreal won it in 93, and then the Islanders you know, trying to close out their old building with uh, one last championship banner there. Um, would be a heck of a story too, but I mean, I was talking to somebody from the with the NHL earlier today. There's no question that they know the money matchup is Vegas and Tampa. Like those are two teams that have a lot of interest from from casual hockey fans. Vegas obviously has skyrocketed to being one of the most popular franchises in the league, um, and then obviously you know the Lightning being a defending champion going for two in a row would be an interesting uh, plot line too. So uh, your your initial question, I think, was. Do they have a chance, the Islanders? And yeah, they've got a chance. I mean, all these games have been very, very close, uh, played on the margins. And, and then, you know, the, the big intrigue, obviously, for Game 7 is the health of Nikita Kucherov, the leading scorer in the playoffs, who uh, 
uh, was injured on his first shift in Game 6. There's no update on his status other than the fact that the NHL is not going to uh, give any supplemental discipline to Scott Mayfield from the Islanders for the cross-check that may have injured Kucherov. Uh, but, you know, all bets are off, I think, if, if Kucherov can't go in Game 7. He, he changes his absence changes a lot of things for the Lightning in that game. Greg Wyshynski is our guest here on 101 ESPN. Greg, what's the lesson that the Blues or other teams in a similar spot to the Blues that are kind of on that cusp? They're, they're a playoff team, but they've got to improve this offseason to get to where these teams are. What's the lesson the Blues and other teams like them can learn from the teams that are remaining right now? Well, I mean, I think, I think they already know the lesson, um, which is that it's twofold. One, you got to be in it to win it. Um, and the Blues obviously know that better than anybody where they, they you know, steamroll through the second half of their season, they get into the playoffs, and they kind of continue to find their identity all the way through. Um, you know, one of the takeaways I'll always remember from that cup run was their unique ability to forget about adversity in the playoffs and just kind of, like, move on to the next game. And that's a, that's a tough lesson to learn, and they already sort of know it. But the other thing, too, and I think this is the, the, the aspect of all, um, all four of these teams to varying degrees – is you have to have the ability to play four lines, and you have to have the ability to have everybody contributing. It can't just be star-centric. It can't be waiting for your big guns to fire. You have to be able to get contributions from the entirety of your lineup. And, you know, when the Blues won, I felt like that was that was part of the trick. I mean, you know, the, the line with, like, Barbashev and, and players like that could be as important one game as, as the line with Ryan O'Reilly. Um, but if you look at the way that the Canadians are winning, you look at the way that the Islanders are winning, and, and, and the Lightning especially – it's got to be that kind of new hero every night kind of aesthetic uh, that some teams, Colorado, I think, being one of them, don't quite have yet. Greg, you recently put a piece out on the 90 free agents that are going to be upcoming this offseason. And I think in St. Louis, obviously, a lot of people are looking at how the Blues can upgrade their offense and fix this team so that they can be back in the conversation for a Stanley Cup championship. Are there names that intrigue you that you feel like could connect to the Blues and actually turn things around for them? Well, first of all, I'm glad that I went over 90 because, you know, Gunnarsson <laughs> retiring would have ru- ruined my numbers if I didn't create a little padding in there. <laughs> always go over, always go over the number, right? Yeah, I had, I had to take him out. No, I think, I think, you know, you have your, your top tier guys, and I don't know if any of them are really kind of where the, the Blues would be looking, especially, um, you know, when it looks like Taylor Hall, for example, is going to end up staying in Boston. I mean, Brandon Saad is, is an interesting choice on left wing, um, you know, as far as impact forwards. But it's, it's an interesting free agent market because, you know, we know what the names are. I mean, there's over 90 of them that we mentioned. Uh, that are going to be available, but it's really kind of a holding pattern for a lot of teams until we see what the market effects of the expansion draft are. I mean, we don't we don't know who the Kraken are taking, and and we don't know who teams are going to ante up to enable them to maybe uh, get a contract off their books. And so, in, in asking around to the agents and some of the general managers, there there is this hesitancy to really kind of commit one way or another to a free agent plan. Um, until some of these unknowables are knowable after the expansion draft. So what I heard was Landeskog is going to be a blue. I heard Alexiak is going to be a blue, and they're going to make a trade for Matthew Kachuk. Am I on the right path here? <laughs> Alexiak is kind of good. I mean, I think yeah, that's, that's, that's doable. We go. <laughs> that's doable. I mean, the Landeskog thing is just intriguing because he's one of those players that you assume uh, – 
agreed. I mean, it could go either one. It could go either way. I mean, he's been a career Avalanche player. He clearly wants to be there as they turn the corner and and, be, and become a Stanley Cup potential Stanley Cup champion. He's got a young family. He's got roots down there. He's a part of the community. But you only get one whack at the pinata uh, if you're a player of Landis Cog's abilities and you're a player of Landis Cog's age. And even though we're under a flat cap, uh, he's one of those players that you know teams are going to scare up money to acquire. He's, he's got great leadership intangibles, plays both ends of the ice well, and, and has shown that he can you know, compete on a, in a top-line situation with elite talent. So I think there'd be a huge market for him. I just question whether he is looking to actually leave. Um, and then the other name, the Kachuk thing, I have no idea. I mean, that's just like scuttlebutt and innuendo. Oh, come on. Come know. on, Greg. We love it here <laughs> in St. Louis. This is catnip for us. Of course it is. And you'll trade for Brady and then it becomes the whole thing. I mean, you know, it's just, it's, it's the same thing as, as, as devil fans are dealing with in the draft right now where they have Jack Hughes. So obviously they're going to draft his brother if they get a chance. I mean, it's, it's one of those deals. No, I, listen, I, I think Matthew Kachuk is a brilliant player. I mean, if he's on the market, then he moves up to the top of the list for a lot of teams insofar as, as trying to acquire him. I mean, there's, there's few players in the league that have the total package of, goal scoring and, and uh, agitation and, and uh, defense that this kid has. So it's going to be interesting to see if he actually shakes free. So we just uh, heard earlier today from Jeremy Rutherford of The Athletic, Greg, saying that Tom Stillman says that you know they want to win and they feel like the window's still open and that they're willing to spend to that salary cap. With that being said and the names that are on the free agent market, do you see the Blues being more active possibly in the trade market? Because you know Landis Gog and Brandon Saad, Taylor Hall, those are the big names, and then there's a significant drop-off. And it does seem like with the expansion draft looming, a lot of teams are going to be willing to shift some guys around in the trade market. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing. I think the trade market is going to be real loosey goosey in a lot of ways, and, and already we're seeing the trade market impact free agency in the sense of, you know, Dougie Hamilton is is assumed to be the big the biggest uh, name on the free agent market. But if you're a team that can swing a trade for Seth Jones and get him for one year at a much lower cap hit than you'd need to sign Hamilton, and then be able to sign Jones to an, uh, an extension after that. Uh, that becomes a, a more intriguing prospect than, than going all in to try to start, just sign a free agent. So there are a lot of sort of, of those market effects in place now. The Blues are an interesting situation. I mean, they've got, they've got a, a good amount of space under the cap um, to play with if they wanted to dabble in free agency. But you know, ultimately, I think the trade market is going to provide you with a chance to get younger players uh, potentially than, than versus free agency. Um, and in some cases, more impactful ones. But it doesn't surprise me to hear that that he's that they want to spend to the cap. I mean, the window is still very much open. They just clearly need to upgrade some positions and, and make some difficult choices in other positions. I mean, Jaden Schwartz coming back is, to me, not a slam dunk. I mean, uh, if you listen to some of the words that, that Doug Armstrong has had, um, and then you know, trying to figure out exactly what you have in Vladimir Tarasenko going forward, I think is a huge a huge conundrum too. Last thing for Greg Wyshynski for me. You can find his work over at ESPN.com. Follow him on Twitter at Wyshynski, W-Y-S-H-Y-N-S-K-I. Greg, we are on the prowl right now for a massive mutant of a left-handed defenseman because that seems to be one thing that the Blues are missing. <laughs> That's why Alexiak's name continues to come up for us here in St. Louis. Are there any other guys that, I mean, you, you looked through all of the free agents that are out there. I'm sure you've got some names in mind that could potentially be of trade interest for teams as well who are the left-handed defensemen that fit the criteria for what i just mentioned with just mutants on the back end <laughs> i mean alexiak is is one of my favorite mutants uh, to, uh to, to i mean he's great i mean 
Yeah, there, there's a few. Honestly, on the on the on the for for a left-handed D, um, one that I would look at, although he's got a bit of an injury history, is Ryan Murray from the New Jersey Devils. Um, a real stout, solid uh, defensive defenseman who can also make a good first pass uh, out of the zone. I, I think he's somebody that could be in range. Uh, Alec Martinez might be at the top end of the free agent market, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights defenseman, uh, who is renowned not only for being stout defensively, but also contributing a lot offensively. Um, you know, I, I think he might be a little bit out of price range, and, and he's also uh, 33 years old, which is maybe not what you're looking for uh, as a free agent. Um, so th- there's a few out there. I, I, again, I, it's, it's not the deepest. I think Alexiak is a, is a really good option to think about. Um, you know, and then, and then there's always going to be a lot of stopgap ones too. I mean, you're like veterans like Dmitry Kulikov and Mike Riley, who's currently on the, uh, the, the Boston Bruins. Um, he's not a, a mutant, but he's a pretty good defenseman. <laughs> So, so there's options available, um, and, and I think it's a, it's a place in the market where you could easily find somebody. But I also think that looking at the crop of defensemen that are available, there are there are a couple of, of pitfalls there as far as guys that um, you know their their health and, and physicality might not necessarily be in line with what they're looking for. Well, we'll be looking forward to hearing all of this over the next month, two months. We'll be talking it over with Greg Wyshynski, I'm sure. Greg, we always appreciate the time, man. We'll talk with you again soon. Anytime. Thanks for having me.